This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is bored of saying the same thing every other week, so it won't. The title of tonight's show is Cow, Arse, Banjo. Chelsea Fancast number 1076, and I am delighted as always. Joining me, Stanford Chidge, is the legend that is Jonathan Kidd. A legend, how lovely. A legend in my own bathroom. Mm. Um, love to be on the show. Uh, disappointing that we're having to discuss it. Uh, this the usual bollocks that they they seem to. Sh- um, going to say ship up. It's the wrong expression. They they dot dish up. Shit up. Shit up. They shit up uh, every time they play against a team who just want to defend it. It's embarrassing was an embarrassing performance again and how many times we're going to say that and uh and it's so obvious that all that a team has to do is just to defend and then try and get us on the break but i'm you know we'll talk about it we'll talk that's no, all right it. we've done the show now there's all the points we needed to make we can go home now <laughs> can't we please <laughs> i'd like a bit more invective all right. actually okay uh, have we got a guest jk no okay no, just, let's go me. home then there's 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 a chap on Zoom who I think might contribute. Shall we ask him? Just ask him who he is. Yeah, I'm, uh, excuse me. Who are you? I know who you are <laughs> behind that mask. <laughs> behind that mask, it's it's the excellent Dean Mears who normally takes over the show from you, Chidge, and is much better. Well, so I've been told regularly. Yeah. Regularly, yeah. He used to be the host. Been demoted. Yeah, you've been demoted tonight, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, mate. It's the way that way the world the, the way the world works. But I do hope you realise now, because of your exalted uh, new exalted status, 
Um, and I hope you're going to be doing it more often as well, Dean, actually. And I can have more breaks. Actually, I've got a date for you, December the 1st. Yeah, sounds all right at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and see uh, the Chelsea Fancast's house band, favourite band, Therapy Question Mark, in Portsmouth that night. And it is a Friday. So get it in your diary, mate. I'll be here. <laughs> You'll be here. Oh, oh, Dean, is that the first, did you say? I. Okay, good. We're playing Brighton, so I'll get you some spiky bright from Brighton plans, uh, fans to play with on, on Opposition View. Um, but as JK has already said, we have the absolutely brilliant Dean Mears here. And as I was about to say, uh, in the light of his exalted status now as a, as a bona fide host of the Chelsea Fancast, um, when I put the schedule round, there was only one date that Dean could do, because, of course, he is in such demand. Uh, and I immediately said, you can have that date, Dean. I don't treat anybody else like that, but it was this has been cast in stone since you said that's the only day I can do, Chidge. So how about that? Yeah, well, I think the last time I was here with you on the show was uh, April. Uh, no way. It can't be that long ago, can it? Yeah, apart from the season review, um, I remember you asked who to replace Potter and I said Podricino at the time. Mm. Uh, and that's the last time I've been on with you and obviously international break this week for the women. It's uh, because you were too good. You were too prescient. We can't have that. You've got to get it wrong. Can't have yeah. people getting it right. You, you know. know too much. Yeah. yeah. We worried they were listening. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, it's it's lovely to have you on. I'd very quickly ask you, how how's uh, how's went to Mo King's Meadow going? Yeah, going well. Um we're four episodes into the new season. Um We'll be back next week when the team come back to Aston Villa this weekend. Uh, so hopefully we continue uh, our undefeated start to the season there against a team that haven't won yet, um, which is usually a Chelsea uh, banana skin, a team that doesn't win, plays Chelsea and win. So, but yeah, enjoying it. Uh, we've got a good group of people on there now. So hopefully people do enjoy the shows when they pop up in the feed as well. It is without doubt the the best and the most authentic uh, Chelsea women's podcast in the world, bar none. It's got people who actually go to every game and even write fanzines on it. We'll talk about that later, Dean. Don't let me yeah. forget. So check it out. And I mean, the, the beautiful thing is, um, to make it easy for you, it's on the same feed as this load of nonsense crop, crops up on. So, uh, you you know, it, you don't have to do anything. It'll automatically appear in your feed. And the women need supporting, but more important, so does Dean and all the other lovely people on it. Went to Mo King's Meadow, you know where to get it. Right. As ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live Bye. every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm or there or thereabouts. We're a bit late tonight because uh, uh, Dean had daddy duties and I think possibly Jonathan did too. So uh, uh, I didn't. I just sat on my fat ass for an extra half an hour, which was wonderful, which is probably why I'm in such a good mood. Anyway, you go to chelsea-fancast.mixlr.com where you can join in the chat. As so many of you lovely people do, by posting on the live chat page. Um, there's a few in there I shall, I shall embarrass. David Lotzer. Uh, hello, you Kante. I like that. That's a good name. I'm approving of that. Uh, I saw the wonderful, wonderful Richard Schaller was in there. It was lovely to see Rich the other day at the uh, Mickey Thomas do that we had. And uh, Mr. Ian Burgess, who I last saw at Burnley away. 
hopefully I will be seeing you at Spurs away, Ian, because uh, another reason for a good mood uh, for me tonight is that I have been given, uh, well not given, but somebody's got me a ticket for Spurs away, so how delightful is that? Right, you can follow us on the socials at Chelsea Fancast, uh, listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms, and of course make sure you leave us, at the very least, a glowing, steaming five-star review. We will be back to talk about the debacle that was Chelsea versus Brentford shortly. So, um, bloody hell, where did we start? I t- I'm going to go kind of fairly chronological, chaps, okay? Because it just seemed to be the most sensible thing to do. Part two, we'll talk about a few kind of more uh, kind of deeper existential issues. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I mean, actually, I, you know, I, I, I was going to have a bloody good day, whatever happened on the pitch, because uh, I was getting the train, so I could have a drink or ten, I was meeting a very old friend of mine uh, who I, I kind of reconnected with recently, who was a bit of a, a Chelsea hero of mine when I was younger. So I'd had a couple of pints of Guinness before before I got, got to the game, which I'm very glad I did. But before that, I should have known. You know, you get these signs, don't you, that tell you, today is going to fuck up. So <laughs> I, I, I got the train from Winchester. I managed to get the 918 from Winchester Clapham Junction which would have got me in time to get the 1019 from Clapham Junction to uh, West Brompton or Imperial Wharf. Of course, the Winchester train was late getting into Clapham, leaving me a minute and a half to get from Platform 7 to Platform 1. So I made the ill-advised decision to run for the train, forgetting, of course, that a bit like JK, when I run, something snaps or pulls. (laughs) And indeed, as I was about to hop on to said train from Clapham to Imperial Wharf, uh, my Achilles and my calf both didn't ping, but they might as well have done. So I had to hobble around for the entire fucking day with a gammy leg. I I give up, but uh, it did not impede my enjoyment of the post-match. Oh, no. Anyway, enough about my woes. Dulled dulled the pain, didn't it, Chidge? The beer that I consumed afterwards did. I mean, actually, while we're on the subject, let's talk about something happy first. I had such a great time, mate. I mean, uh, we saw all the usual suspects. Martin Matt was there, saw Gaffer and Daniel Barker. Happy birthday, Daniel. Met a lovely guy called John from Perth. Graham Harvey bought me a pint. Um... Neil Beard turned up with the wonderful Tate Osborne. I, who record, I recorded a video for you. I put it on our WhatsApp group. That's from Tate, who writes in. He's desperate to meet you on Wednesday, mate. And he's a beautiful-looking boy. He looks like a young Tiago Silva. Yeah, I know. Everybody was singing, oh, Tiago. We were, all the time in the pub, you know. But he's really lovely, too. He's a nice chap. So, had an absolutely stellar day, um, I have to say. But anyway, ruined by the football, of course. Anyway, when we were in the pub beforehand, we got the line-up. And uh, I have to say, it felt very odd to me. And I don't think it helped one iota. I mean, I know that I, I, I 
tend to choose the team that I think is the best team every week. But I was not expecting, I was not expecting uh, Mudrick and uh, more to the point Enzo to not be playing. I was not expecting none of us. None of us. No, was, I was not expecting Dizazi to be playing right back. But I mean, people were moaning like stink about that. But apparently, somebody I know who sat very near the bench. You may be able to confirm this actually, but somebody said they saw uh, Gusto with a very heavily strapped leg. So maybe he wasn't 100% fit, which is why he didn't start. But, I mean, Dizazi was disastrous at right back, if you ask me. Madueke, all fart and no shit. We could go on like this for ages. But the bottom line is, wrong team. Didn't help, mate. If if Mudrick was injured, he didn't mention it in the presser. If Enzo was going to be rested because of the birth of his kid, he didn't mention it in the presser. Perhaps that was because he didn't want to give it away to Brentford but it seemed a very strange thing to be uh to to see that team and then I tried to work out what's happening and we thought okay well he's put he's put uh the poodle in his right position on the left side and he, he didn't do badly actually well once again he can't actually center so if you've got him playing in an advanced position which he did occasionally because he was up there because as a kind of a kind of wing back um uh, it just was a bit inexplicable, wasn't it? And you think particularly since the team has been so getting into a rhythm with having the three midfielders, he was just trying to work out initially what was happening. And he seemed to be playing for a period. He played uh, Palmer at, um, at centre-forward and then he moved away and allowed Jackson to uh, um, ply his appalling trade Um up front. I mean, uh, I'm sorry to say that Jackson, rather than improving or being an opp- given an opportunity to improve since he played quite well in pre-season, has actually got worse. And um, when, you know, I know we, I said things like, well, you know, he's another Kesman. I'm, I'm doing a disservice to Kesman because <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing, there's nothing, well, there's nothing happening at the moment. As, and as you said, Chidge, we're He's making Kalu look like Drogba, isn't he? Y- yeah. Yeah. It, it's, as was he was taken to the cleaners on match of the day. I'm so I've got this a bit to this a bit soon, oh, sorry, but no, no, I'm going to have to mention it. But, um, go for it. Uh, where you know you you really I thought Shearer, that, Shearer's points were spot on, mate. We've been saying the same thing last week, weren't we? He yes, doesn't yeah. move. He doesn't move. He just stands around. Yeah, and uh, in action, Jackson. Entirely, as you so beautifully said, excellent. Yes, in action, in action. It's I one, can't one for your fan bites, mate. Wart, wart, short, short. So it doesn't work in the same way. Um, but no, he, he's he's a big disappointment and obviously doesn't contribute anything and um, just can't deal with being in the Premier League. So they have to buy somebody. They can't wait for Broger, who is not proven at all. Uh, and I, I, this, this, my worry is that they keep, you know, he talks about, as he did in the presser, waiting for Nkunku. But the pressure on him is going to be unbelievable if, because somehow he's become the saviour. Uh, obviously, a very good player, but you know if he can get combination, the same combination he got from pre-season, well, good luck. But I'm still not seeing any any intelligence from Jackson, who's just uh, a kind of flailing thing. He just doesn't seem to. There's very little skill. He always gets tackled by if he gets the ball. Somebody's at his heels, and if he turns slightly, a third player will, or second player, second opponent will kick the ball away, and that was absolutely regular. I mean, it was, 
it was um it, it i i similarly the second that i saw that we had a, a, a change lineup and mudrick and gusto weren't and well i'd say G- gusto wasn't there i didn't know about gusto i thought actually that he that was, was on the bench he was on the bench yeah, well he was indeed so i thought it was tactics actually i think he thought tactically that was what he was going to do he was going to have um uh colwell and and Dusazi as the two backs two fullbacks and yet the others i didn't quite know therefore well, sorry he was he became part of the the was he a fullback or was he was he a defensive um cucarella well, well, cucarella was left back and uh Dizazi yeah, yeah. was right back but That's i mean right. D- Dizazi... was in the middle, wasn't you had, you had four didn't you? you had a four you did you had a four there but it was still uh it, well, the the problem is is that it we didn't really have any trouble with them in the first half, so it was sort of competent. So you sort of forgave the the lack of players. Well, you you that, forgave the lack of for Hernandez. You understand if he was rested because his his wife has just given birth. Well, that's fair enough, isn't it? But unfortunately, it made the midfield imbalance. It did, and it, it did, but because it's been a such great balance when when yeah. they've all been playing together. I mean, Dino actually, JK makes as always, he always does. He makes a, another good point in there. We. We did actually start quite well. I mean, different game, isn't it? If uh, if uh, Madueki's shot uh, goes in instead of hitting the bar, and of course this is the problem, isn't it, against these teams? If we, I mean, we've seen these seen these scripts so many times before. If you don't score against these teams, we score we score early against Luton. It's a different game. We win three 0 If you don't score against a team like Brentford, they sit back, sit back, sit back. We know we're going to make one stupid error and boom. But anyway, enough of that. We did start well. However, 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 um, we just seem to struggle, don't we? As I said, we've seen this movie before. You know, we struggle against the low block. Brentford had us sussed. Um, and we can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, can we? Uh, no, we can't. Um, yeah, it feels like the show I, the first show I did on the Monday, the Aston Villa game uh with JK when he was away, you know, it feels like we're talking about the exact same performance, the exact same game. Um where we look okay, we create chances, but you know, again, we can't score and um whether that is you know, partly down to selection, I think the RZ may be a little bit more height at the back, but given how they score the first goal, you know, that shows that didn't work. Oh, he went to sleep, didn't he, completely? Yeah. I mean, when you're playing low block teams you need to move the ball very quickly and it felt really pedestrian to me. There was a lovely uh, clip on uh, on Twitter today, actually, showing Cole Palmer looking to go forward, pass the ball forward, no fear. Passes the ball to Dezazi, points to go and pass it forward to somebody in the penalty area. Dezazi passes it back to him. Cole uh, uh, Palmer then passes it again to Dezazi, points to the penalty area. Dezazi passes it back. Yeah, was a... <laughs> I have no words beyond that, Dean. I mean, fucking hell. Yeah, whether there's you know, some confidence things in, there, I think that's the issue with with Madueke. Um, although he hit the bar early on, I felt a lot of his stuff was, you know, really low risk, low reward. He didn't want to take anyone on. Seemed like he didn't want to lose the ball and be blamed for a mistake. Um, uh, I should, sorry, Dean. I should add, he, it was then passed back to Dizazi, who then passed it into the penalty area. Too long for anybody to get on the end of. Sorry, I, right, I should have. Yeah, yeah, which seems to be something he does quite regularly, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, he's not a right back anyway. Sorry, Dean. I didn't mean to interrupt your your train of thought. No, that's okay. Yeah, just a bit of bit of confidence, and when you haven't got you know Mudrick, who's probably flying after that goal against Arsenal, um, unavailable. You only have Jackson up front, who feels like he's given up. I mean, his movement was actually one of the good things about him at the start of the season. 
when you're deciding whether you think he's going to be good enough or not, he seems to have given up on himself. Um, yeah, which is odd because he hasn't really got any competition to play. Um, apart from Broder, who's, who's still not fit. Um, it just yeah, as you said, it felt like, and then when the goal came for Brentford, it, you know, it felt like that was coming. And as soon as they scored, it felt like that was that. Yeah. And, the game was done at it, that point. It could have gone off. We, they, they then just defended, and we can. Well, in fact, they didn't. They came forward, didn't they, a few times? But, but after the goal, yeah, the actually because they'd almost scored when Sanchez made a very good, very good uh, save. Um, for, uh, when they did practically the same move, I couldn't believe how how gullible we were. Which is, it's just a stop move, take the throw. Um, player just moved sideways for it. It was well. It was Sterling. Boom. Sterling sat and watched. And, yeah. and left his man, which yeah. left Cucurella absolutely, absolutely rinsed, and yeah. Dzarzi and Madueki were half asleep at the back post. Yeah, it's, but it's criminal a, it's a, goal. Such a simple move, isn't it? You take criminal you, goal. They all thought it was going to be a long throw because that's what they did. Short throw played back to the the, the thrower who just plays it the other side of Cucurella, and he just flicks it up. In fact, they used to do that. That was the way Stanley Matthews used to centre all the time for Mortensen to leap in and head it, which is you just play it up. And for those uh, listening in black and white, these are very old players that JK is talking about. What, what, what they used to have the advantage. <laughs> they used to wear hobnail play, boots instead of football boots. wear hobnail boots, but also <laughs> very, very baggy shorts. But what they had rug, <laughs> and rugby shirts, were very old rugby shirts. And what you could do, of course, was the law was such... It's when JK take, had a, a, a rattle... I did have a rattle, I did. And, and, I and a woolly say... scarf knitted by his mum. <laughs> and a flat cap and a roly. <laughs> he was only five. <laughs> well, what, no, it would have been a woodbine, wouldn't it? What that would happen What would happen was you were allowed to take the centre-half and the goalkeeper out when you did it. Well, yes, of course. Was, all all was, in favour of that. That was the difference. <laughs> you could just run at the ball as you felt like. That's why Tommy Lawton, who played for Brentford and Chelsea, um, one of the... 52 players, I think it was, just used to, because he was a huge, huge streak of piss. He would just run at the... Who was it? Was it Nat Lofthouse who cleaned out the United goalkeeper? No, was it was somebody Harry, else. Harry Gregg, it was Nat Lofthouse. That's the right. Lion of Vienna, as he was called, because he played I, I, well. I remember when I did that programme, you know, I did that programme on the greatest goals for and against Man United. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we, we, we got footage of that goal. And some there were, I had seen it before. There was a whole load of us in the edit suite. Uh, and uh, we we showed the footage, and my my uh, producer was uh, a big Man United fan, and we watched. It. He said, "You can't do that." I said, "That has nothing wrong with that." <laughs> Just went <laughs> for the ball, mate. Next, went for the ball, break, mate. Break Harry next, Greg. <laughs> Harry Greg. Harry next, Greg. Harry Greg's neck. I think at the time. Yeah, um, but yeah, so uh, but it, that was there was that kind of centre. But it, it they previously had the shot which he saved was exactly the same move. Yeah. You think. Surely they're not that naive yes, to fall are. for exactly the same sodding move, which is one person plays it, the other one ducks down the touchline, is given the ball, and it's laid back. And it was exact. I couldn't believe it. I just thought this is so, this is so thick. Really, I'm afraid it was it so naive. The, the oh dear. Um, just, just, and then of course they just defended madly. They did indeed. Let, let's let's just go back a tad um, and pick up from from Dino's points here because. You know, here, here, look, we, we've seen the movie before, which J.K. has 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 made, had just given us a brilliant synopsis of. Um, but uh, I mean, we do have a problem with the low block. I mean, in my, I, do you know what? I had a really interesting chat. I know this is like name dropping, but I had a really interesting chat with Kerry today and uh, Mickey Thomas, as it happens. 
both uh, very pissed off with what happened on Saturday and very, very keen to opine on the on the reasons why. And we had a good chat, and and I said, well, look, you know, this is not new. I said we have been we've been struggling to beat sides that play a low block against us really since Eden Hazard left, so 2019, because we don't have a player like Eden Hazard who can create something out of nothing. We've, and we also now don't have a striker who can get on the end of anything. But the reality is, is that right now we are still actually unbelievably creating a lot of chances. I mean, we actually, um, in the first half, we'll get to the second half in a minute because JK's point comes back to bite us in a minute. But first half, we had two shots on goal, still way not enough, but we had 10 goal attempts. We're creating chances, but the trouble is, as I keep saying, we can't hit a cow's arse with a banjo. Jackson, inaction Jackson, not a striker. Sterling, wasteful again. Cucurella, Mr. Sitter. Now, OK, he's not a forward, but even so, when you get in that position, you need to be doing better. Nobody's prepared to shoot and just take a chance. And if you've got a low block where they've got five men in defence, or ten men behind the ball, as they did for most of the game, then obviously what you try and do is you go wide. Pointless for Chelsea to go wide because half of them can't cross and if they can cross, there's nobody in the fucking middle to put the ball away. So this is why we can't beat sides with a low block. It's not, it, 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 it's, it's absolutely to do with nobody with creative flair who can do something out of nothing and nobody can put the ball away because we are creating chances, but we're not putting them away. Same old, same old, same old, Dino. Yeah, and it'll be the same the next time we play a team that has a low block. Um you know, I always think when you're playing these teams, you need your runners from deep, you need your fullbacks really high. Cucurella's a defender, not an not attacking fullback at all, as proven by that missed opportunity. Diaz's a penalty area on several other occasions, Dino, wasn't he? Of having shots. He, he he was why they suddenly got him to play in that position was beyond me. But yeah, great sorry, I interrupted you, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if well he brought Matson on and he did absolutely nothing. Oh Matson um, awful. Yeah, Matson doing. Matson is a shadow of the player who played for Chelsea in the League Cup all those years ago, and he's a shadow for the player who played for Burnley. Except that was the Championship. He's such a disappointment. I, I'm I'm bemused. Can can I yeah. just say that 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 Sterling? We were watching Sterling. Sterling has this really annoying ability of he'll he you know he's still doing a lot of running and he's getting past players. Doesn't look up when he crosses. Doesn't look up, so he doesn't pass the ball to anybody. Just centres it to no one. And on two separate occasions, both Gallagher and um, Palmer were on the D. They got the ball to the D and both looked up for people to play it wide to. It was absolutely astonishing. I just, I actually commented at the time, I said, for fuck's sake, they're there. It just needs a, I was watching Man City yesterday. They're, they're a very talented team at getting the ball wide. The ball's laid up for them on the edge of the penalty area. They don't look again to pass it. They have a dip and it gets deflected. And then Haaland hits the deflection into the goal. Dead simple. You put the goalkeeper under pressure. I do not understand what this is, this this sickness that they have to try and play the ball wide when they're in positions to score. Is it that they've been given a distance not to shoot from by Pochettino, but then was Tuchel the same? Potter well, hang on a minute. You, you know, it is not. I mean, Poch made this point after the game, and to an extent he's right. It's very hard to play through 10 men behind the ball. So what you and I... Are, I mean, it's also hard to shoot through 10 men behind the ball. 
And in fact, actually, that's how we conceded the second goal. But I mean, there, there are there are occasions when they they, they had space. They had space to crack a These shot. Were two occasions. And they still didn't. These were two occasions. Yeah, it's been a decent move. It's got there quite quickly. I mean, you mentioned Eden Hazard, which of course, um, you know, was our panacea on so many occasions. The thing that he had that that, that could, people couldn't deal with was his speed. Yeah. Not only his skill, the fact that they everything went up about you know several miles it was that per turn, hour. Turn of pace, wasn't it? It, it was like yeah. over two or three yards. He would just move away, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it, and then they're panicking. The goalkeeper can't see it, and it's laid off to somebody who's in a position to score, or he scores himself. This great burst of speed, but you can't have just um, Sterling running, running nowhere in particular, and then just passing to no one. There has to be some kind of activity going on where people are tuned into him. People have to run for him as well. It's absolutely useless having a centre forward who doesn't run at all. No. But he's also not just just so so not in touch with, as you said, Dean. He's clearly lost his confidence. He's not even doing any of the running. He did. all he had before was the running. Not even got that now. It, and so it becomes kind of you're almost playing with 10, except you're not. You're playing with somebody who's mucking attacks up, unfortunately, because he's, you know, there's no the ball gets centred and there's no challenge from him from anything. The number of times you think surely somebody's going to get ahead on this. Nothing happens. There's so much for uh, our money ball stat based uh, directors of football who bought a winger who scored lots of goals in La Liga last season, Dean. They've done. They've earned their crust there. Um, I've got something to put to you, Dino. You're going to like this. Because yeah. other, than, other, than, other than inaction Jackson et al, um, I, I'm a bit... I am, I am somewhat... I am somewhat concerned. And I have been for a while. I've mentioned this before on the show, but, it, it, you know, I mean, the other... I mean, you know, JK mentioned Matson. We had nobody really to bring on. We brought on this kid, kid, Washington, who looked like a, a a lamb to the slaughter. This was oh. this was our this was our bench uh, on uh, on Saturday. Badishiel, who we think is a good player and is a French international, so that's pretty solid. Um, I don't even know the guy's first night name. E Beach. Uh, he's from Wales, apparently. He's a goalkeeper. I've never heard of him. Washington, we know, is very raw and young. Gusto, good player. Um, but but slightly injured, we thought. Reese James goes without saying. Matson, who you know, it's it's early days for him. Matos, who again I know very little about, but he's a youngster. Petrovic, and Ugo, 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 oh for fuck's sake, Ugo Chukwu. Leslie, we'll just call him Les. Um, yeah. Right, okay. So that's our bench, having had a, a billion pounds spent. Let me take you back in time. Do, 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 do. I mean, I'm doing the movements. It's, it's all right for you watching in black. I am doing the movements, aren't I? You're looking like one of back the guys tales from the unexpected, Judge. Uh, yeah, right. I'm going to take you back in time, Dino and JK, because I like to do this. I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to compare our benches of seasons past just to see how screwed up it is at the moment? I'm going to go back to 2020. Uh, this is when Frank was in charge. So this is when we had the transfer ban. Uh, and I've gone for equivalent dates. So 24th of October 2020, we played Man United away. We drew nil-nil. On the bench, the, the, these are the people who came on. Hakim Ziyech came on. Tammy Abraham came on. Mason Mount came on. Left on the bench are Willy Caballero, Antonio Rudiger, Matteo Kovacic, Oli Giroud. 
Okay, in 2018, uh, actually, maybe I've got that wrong and it wasn't. Uh, anyway, whatever. 2018, that would have been Sarri, wouldn't it? Uh, October the 28th, 2018, Burnley nil, Chelsea 4. Players that came off the bench, Chesk Fabregas, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Olivier Giroud, left on the bench, Willy Caballero, Gary Cahill, David Sapacosta, don't laugh, Matteo Kovacic. Well, that was also when you could only have three subs. It was it? also when you could only have three subs, yeah. Sunday the 23rd of October 2016. So this is Conte's title-winning season, I believe. Chelsea 4, Man United nil. Wonderful game, remember it well. This is who came off the bench. Willian, uh, Nathaniel Chaloba and Michi Batshuayi. On the bench that didn't come on, Azimir, Begovic, John Terry, Oscar, Ola Aina. Going back to 2011, and this is under Vias Boas, okay? 29th of October, 2011. By the way, in the, in the previous matches, in 2020, we were sixth. Uh, 2018, we were second. 2016, we were fourth. And now we're in 2011. We were the third under, under Vias Boas, the Vias Boas project. We lost 3-5 to Arsenal. Remember it well. Horrible match. Off, off, on the bench, off from the bench came Romelu Lukaku. Raul Morelis. He's got shit hair, but we don't care. Uh, and Flora Maluda. Whoop, whoop. On, on the bench, didn't come on. Jamal Blackman, David Luiz, Oriol Romeo, who's now playing for Barcelona, by the way. And Rion Bertrand. Uh, last one when you would have thought we were at our absolute peak of where we've ever been, I would say. This is the Mourinho's second title-winning season, the back-to-back. 29th of October, uh, 2005. We were sitting in first position, of course. Uh, we played Blackburn Rovers, prescient. We won 4-2. On, off, off from the bench come Idegar Johnson, Hernan Crespo, Iron Robin. Left, ah. on, left on the bench, Paolo Ferreira, Carlo Cudicini. What does this tell you, Dino? Only fucked it up. Well, I, that's one way of putting it. But, I mean, I think it tells you that even if you go back to 2020, when we didn't really... I mean, you know, Kovacic, experienced international, a good player. Whatever happened in his last season with us, a good player. Uh, Oli Giroud. An absolute superb player. Rudiger. We know all about Rudiger. I mean, he was on the bench because Frank didn't like him. Caballero. I mean, you know, another decent player. Ziyech, well, we know what happened with him. Tony Abraham, I, I'm a fan of, and Mason Mount was at his peak. So even in a in a year when, the, when we were not exactly stacked with resources, you would say that that bench is stronger than the one we've got now. Um, you could certainly say that about 2018. Gary Cahill, Kovacic, Caballero, who else? Uh, Cheek, Fabregas, Giroud. You know, proven, experienced, experienced winners. Well, perhaps there you have it there, Cheech, is There's no experience in the side, is Absolutely there? Absolutely none. And the ben- I think, and my point is, I think, and I have, have thought this all season, I've said it a few times on the show, I think our benches this season have been the weakest I have seen probably for 30-odd years. 30-odd years. It's kids and people who haven't played in the Premier League. I mean, is that what you get for a billion quid? Well, it's always a worry to me when you've got two goalkeepers on your bench. 
and you can't feel there's not one attacking player in the academy that can be on the bench. What's the, what is the difference between that and another goalkeeper? Um, in uh, I think it's Eddie Beach. Um, if, if Petrovic is going to be the second choice goalkeeper, and you know, we, we sort of questioned the odd selection at the start, but what else can Poch do in it? He made subs, I think, just for making subs' sake. Yeah, but I think um, he made an error doing that actually. Yeah, because it, it you just saw Washington was sort of out of his out of his depth, like well, he could be more out of his depth than Jackson, but um. Uh, yeah, they're stuck for a striker, aren't they? They don't know what to do anymore. Well, I, I, just 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 to be fair, because I am nothing if not fair-minded, as you know, J.K. Um, yeah. If we look at the injured players, the missing players, maybe this gives us the answer as to why the benches are currently so weak. Because you've got Bettinelli injured, you've got Brozier injured, Chaloba injured. I mean, Chilwell injured, Chukwemeka injured, Fernandez rested or whatever the reason was. Fafana injured, Lavia injured, Mudrik injured, and Kunku injured. Now, you know, off that list, uh, you know, Brozier's an experienced, per se, an experienced Premier League player. He played a season or two for Southampton, didn't he? So, you know, he's had experience. He's had more experience than bloody David Washington has. Let's put it that way. Chaloba, he's won stuff with us. He's had a lot of Premier League experience. Um, and I, th- I think he might have uh, had a, an international call-up. Chilwell, you know, highly experienced, won loads of stuff with his international player. Chukwemeka, young. Fernandez, he's won a World Cup, experienced player. Fafana, experienced player. Lavia, experienced in the Premier League. Mudrik, young, inexperienced in the Premier League. And Kunku, uh, an experienced player, but not in the Premier League. So maybe if, if uh, you know, when they are fit, our bench will look a lot stronger and maybe we will also be looking a lot stronger. I mean, just to be fair. Yes, but as I keep saying, some of them haven't played for ages because they've been injured for so long. So I don't know how you can you can use them as examples of how much stronger the, the bench would be. You know, I mean, for Fana, it appears to be whether we ever see him well, play again. I mean, on, on that point, on that point, uh, Brozier, Chilwell... Possibly Chukwemeka, definitely Fafana, possibly Lavia, and Nkunku are all coming back from really serious injuries that when we but, were kids would have yeah, finished your career. Finished the, yeah, but they're, they're not, if you look to those benches, he was putting on people with unbelievable experience who were great players, some of them. And there's none of these people that we're citing as being injured is a great player, you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd cite, cite Chilwell as a pretty good player. Well, yeah, but but... Really, we're after we're talking more about goal scorers, aren't we? Here, yeah, there's no well, well, I think we know this. What we don't have at this damn club is a proper striker. We don't have a world class or forget fucking world class. We don't have a striker who scored 15 goals in the Premier League, let alone 20. I mean, Oli Giroud, you know, we've got, I mean, that going back to my little uh, you know, uh, thing from a minute ago, Oli Giroud was on the bench, wasn't he, in 2020? Am I, yeah, he was on the bench in 2020. I mean, to be able to bring somebody like Oli Giroud off the bench in a game, the guy who's like, you know, won lots and lots of stuff, had a stellar career. He's the one of the, I think he's the leading French scorers and he's beaten Thierry Henry now, hasn't he? I mean, that's who you could bring off the bench in 2020. Now we got David Washington. That would have also helped uh, Tammy at the time to have, you know, Olivier Giroud in training and stuff like that, and, and Jackson's not got no one 
as a reference point, I guess, to to be fair to him uh, and even Washington as well. Um, I don't think he was actually supposed to be signed to be in the first team, but just found himself there because of Nkunku's injury. But as you say, they spent so much money and I know there is quite a few injuries, but he had all the goals in that list. It probably doesn't reach 10. Yeah, I mean, you know, striker aside, it's interesting actually if quite a few of the peeps on... on, on... On, on Mixler and making the same kind of point. Uh, Craig, the lovely Craig Jenkins. Options are limited currently because of the injuries. It's Big Dave, 1905. Sorry, I'm disagreeing. The, well, I did make the point, Dave, to be fair. The bench is fucked because the players are injured. Let's wait and see what happens when everyone is fit. Why do people get so pissy? Uh, seems you have a very short memory. Last week, the performance was excellent. Yes, the performance was excellent this week. This week, it was shit. Um, anyway, you know, I I do think... <laughs> that the injury the injuries are having an effect i have to say in terms of the bench strength but it is parlous and i have to say one f- i feel sorry for poch in this situation you know when he's got you know when he's got he has to bring david washington on i mean jesus i think i think we'd all agree the big the biggest problem that we've got is they haven't bought a striker and i was reading something i think this morning actually mitigating that to be fair saying we had the whole Lukaku situation. They'd already bought Jackson. They didn't expect Nkuku to get injured. But, um, you know, who knows? It's got to be addressed, though, don't you think, Dean? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the elephant in the room that's wearing Hybrid's jacket. Um, you literally can't miss it when you look at the team. And, you know, whether or not they should, they should have done it in the summer, you know, it's gone now. So we've got to stumble through to January and see who they can pick up, you know. I know Tottenham wanted to do business with us, but, you know, Harry Kane was available because he moved to Bayern Munich. And if you've got to pay 50 million more to get him, I mean, I think he's scored double figures for, for Bayern Munich already. I know it's a different league, but he was the proven Premier League goal scorer that was available and they had money to spend because they spent it on everyone else. Mm. Um that would have transformed the team, I think, from 11th to, I think you'd be looking easily at top four with someone that could score, the amount of chances they create. But um, didn't, didn't somebody misguidedly decide that everybody had to be under 25? That's why they didn't go after Madison, which I think is the two, Win Stanley and the other guy, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, maybe, um, 25 and under only. It looks good on, on paper, but the game was played on a pitch and we're, we're seeing, I think they attacked the medical staff as well, didn't they, at the time mm-hmm. when they came in. Um, we never had these injuries you know, in the Mourinho era. There was no one injured ever. Yeah, but I, I wonder I wonder if that has something to do. I mean, we don't know why it is. I mean, everybody keeps you know, saying it's the medical department, which it may be. I mean, it could also be the fact that, um, I mean, we know how, I mean, when Frank was here last year, he couldn't believe how unfit they were. Um, and Poch is getting them, trying to get them to play this highly, you know, this high intense pressing game, and maybe that's taking its toll. Um, I don't know. I mean, the fact of the matter is, none of us we're not in there, so we're not going to know, are we? That's the trouble. But are are the players reaching the heights that they're supposed to be reaching from the the data that was received by? the uh, the two data gurus you no know is, idea. It, I have no idea is, no but no but i'm 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 not asking for your opinion really i'm rhetorically suggesting that funnily enough it's a rhetorical <laughs> question you fool yeah. 
<laughs> Don't because... answer a rhetorical question. <laughs> it's stupidity. <laughs> yeah, but I said it with a kind of question mark at the end, but I just didn't want you leaping in. Um, <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> because, yeah, because, for example, Medweke has, has gone backwards because uh, we actually seized, he did take people well, like, on. Like most of the team, they all pass backwards, uh, yeah. mate. They've, they've, uh, yeah, no, yeah, but you know what I mean. He's not, he's not playing up to the level you would think he was trying to try yeah, to play but... up to. And you wonder whether this is this is confidence they don't feel they... because he's young and unproven at this level. Unproven. Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it, that Palmer is is the other um, under twenty one winger, and he isn't having a problem yeah, i mean do you know what jk you are an old sausage you really are because that is a brilliant point i mean you know we we sit here all, all the time don't we dean going yeah but you know he's, he's young he, he's unproven they're going to have good games they're going to have bad games they're going to be inconsistent that's what you get with young players palmer's come in and he's looked looked absolutely stellar he's looked like he's played at chelsea for the last 20 years so yeah. so if, if 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 you can get one 20 year old who can do that why can't the others the others didn't come through City's academy. Yeah, could be. The issue. They've got City in them. Yeah. Um, the defenders to be able to pass the ball forward. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, how you tell that these players are going to be good enough. I mean, if you watch England under 21s, Madueke is absolutely sensational. He is sensational. I agree. I agree. So, so why can't come, he do it, it with us? What is it? Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a step up, isn't it? And that is yeah, why. True enough. These people that have clamoured for academy players to make it at Chelsea since Abramovich took over and we had these great teams full of internationals and we didn't really give the academy players a chance. The step's absolutely massive and what happens when you put a team full of young players together is they sit 11th. You know, you yeah. know what? I mean, there was one other thing about the game as a general overview. I mean, it all went to shit in the second half, really. We had, we don't think we had one shot on target. Uh, the final goal's not even worth talking about because it was key, Keystone tops, Cops time. But I think what really stood out for me, and I, I wonder if you saw the same, JK, exactly what Dino's saying, that is a young and inexperienced team playing against a very well-drilled, well-organised, gnarly team. You know, they knew what they knew exactly what they had to do. Brentford knew exactly what they had to do, and there was experience in there. They knew what they were doing. They, they you know, been around, and it really shows. I think when we when we have problems like that, that this lot, because they're a bit young and inexperienced, they don't know how to overcome. Well, you would hope that the manager, though, would guide them in these these possibilities. Like but that's the, going to take time, don't you think? The second goal had already been prefigured moments earlier by exactly the same situation, which was the mm, ball no, I did, yeah, yeah. headed to the edge of the area, yeah. everybody chasing up the pitch. And luckily, this time, Sanchez was still in goal because he hadn't rushed up to try and score. And he made a fantastic save. He did, yeah. And fucking fantastic i mean really top C banana. cfc uk absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, and it was you one of those saves you go top draw you are this is a great we are excellent so to then have the same the thing duplicated I, when, if he's up there i mean i know they wanted to score but what the chances of them doing anything with a corner there hadn't been anything positive from a corner for the whole game it was just absurd and then they did those ridiculous short corners that they did last year under potter that came to nothing ever you know and you just think surely they can't be as naive as this surely they're not going to be able to get past this lot of huge blokes defending which was nottingham forest all over again it was west ham defending their their what were they two one up again 
it was you just think surely you've learned something surely the manager can tell you how to behave here and i felt that he just put five substitutes on almost because he thought oh let's just change it round i felt it was a hopeless series of substitutions having said that we still did have the sight of reese james giving us one of his terrific crosses to which there are two people in the area neither of whom is ready for they're not ready for the sodding free what is he he's what is else is he supposed to do he's at the side of the of the got down to the to the touch line he's got down to their their the goal line and he centers and and they're in the box and they both miss it I mean, I just despair. You think, what the fuck is going on? What else is he going to do? You can run into it, surely. I mean... Uh... I'll tell you what, just for the sake of JK and his blood vessels, we're, we're going to go for a break and JK's going to have a, 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 a massage... No, I and, think I'm going to have a shit. And a shit. No, I thought you have. You've just done that for the last half an hour or so. I thought right? I'd just keep the keep the uh, the energy going. You know. You know. We need to. You know. J- JK's a national treasure. We have to look after him. We can't have him spontaneously uh, combusting. Combusting on a show. You know, it would be a bit a bit a bit difficult. Um, I mean, look, I, I, we're going to probably moan more in part two. Sorry for those of you who were wanting Tony Glover on the show to be all positive tonight, but because uh, um, <laughs> we did we did draw last week and we were two nil up. Listen, I mean, I, I I I think I think the overriding problem that we all have, and I and I love the fact that this is whether we're in our fifties and sixties and more or in our twenties and thirties is that we have been so used to uh, so much success and such a fantastic football uh, football side for, well, you know, on and off for the last 20-odd years and more. It's really hard to be patient because we're not used to having to be patient. But I fear, for all of the reasons that I've said before, like particularly the, the, the youth and the inexperience in this side, we are going to have to be patient. And we've, we do say it every other week. We're gonna get we're gonna get games that are gonna be like this, and and I think we we lost that game not just because we couldn't have a, we don't have anybody who can hit a cow's arse with a banjo, but also because of our our naivety and inexperience, and that I'm afraid is going to take time to iron out. Anyway, we're gonna have a quick uh, plug because that's what I like to do at this time of the show. Mm, yes, yeah, a nice juicy pot noodle. Uh, yep, yeah, CFC UK. I spoke to the great leader just before we went on air, Dino. Yeah, I saw DJ actually. Um, the women's game at Stamford Bridge it was in good form. He is. He's lovely. I, I um, yeah, I, I, don't, I did see him briefly actually on Saturday. But there we go. Right, CFC UK uh, fanzine. It is the best fanzine in the world. Not just because Dino and I write for it. Uh, there are plenty of people who, who write better than me. That's for sure. Dino is probably one of them. Um, anyway, if you want a copy of it, you have to uh, go to the uh, the CFC UK stall, which is uh, opposite Fulham Broadway Tube, uh, and uh, and also it's sold by sellers, various sellers in Fulham Road. Going, hurry up! It's only a pound. Do not worry if you cannot get to a game to get a copy, because you can actually subscribe for the entire season and get every copy sent to you in the post. And to do that, you have to email fanzine at cfcuk.net. And it'll cost you 20 quid in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid in the rest of the world. Alternatively, you can get a digital copy, uh, which is kind of a PDF version, emailed to you. And that will cost you six quid for a year's subscription. Or you can pay only a pound each. And you can pay all of this via PayPal. Now, uh, you've probably seen a fair amount of uh, talk and, nay, stupid comments on Twitter 
about uh, the Chelsea pitch owners. Well, Chelsea pitch owners was started by Ken Bates, would you believe, at a time when the club was very seriously under threat of being kind of sold from underneath us by rapacious property developers to build lots of luxurious penthouses on our lovely, beautiful pitch. And Ken very cleverly introduced a scheme whereby it would be very difficult to... Hang on a minute, Stuart. The, the digital version, the PDF is six quid a year, not the not the, the hard copy. Listen. Anyway, CPO basically protects uh, Stamford Bridge, the ground and the name uh, being sold from underneath us, uh, you know, to property developers so they can, can basically make loads of money. So basically we have a say. If you have a share, you have a say in the future of the ground, whether it be redeveloped at Stamford Bridge or whatever. So it's a very democratic organisation. There are about 23,000 shares, 14,000 shareholders. So, you know, you want to have a say in what happens in the future? Buy a share. It's that simple. Everybody mainly who owns shares are dyed-in-the-wool, hardcore Chelsea supporters who only ever want the best for this football club. I'm a shareholder. I'm a shareholder. Dean, are you a shareholder? I'm a shareholder. Dean's a shareholder. I'm a shareholder. JK's a shareholder. There we go. I rest my case. Now, the shares are priced at 110 quid for an electronic share up to about 175 quid for a a framed and signed Chelsea player, or maybe 200 quid these days. But it's all on the website, chelseafc.com. Search for Chelsea pitch owners. Right. We will be back amongst you and being patient in part two. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN dot com forward slash chelsea fancast there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the chelsea fancast the link is in the podcast episode description box away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stamford Chidge. This is part two. And uh, joining me are the wonderful uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. 
Hello. And the uh, equally lovely Dean Mears, a person we do not see enough of on this show. I certainly don't because he's he's on when I'm not on. Yeah, it was a, a bad, um, not so bad scheduling, but um, yeah. You're a hard man to get hold of, Dino. You have I give I give people a six to eight week schedule, and you were free for one one out of a potential sixteen shows. Yeah, I'll get divorced. I'll be available for all of them then. Don't get divorced. I don't want to be cited in any divorce <laughs> cases for whatever reasons. Anyway, it's good to have you on, mate. I have to say, um, right. I wanted to talk about the atmosphere. Those of you who have been listening on Mixler will know that we we were doing this off air actually, but. It is worth it is worth talking about. So you, may, if you're listening on Mixley, you may have heard this before, but never mind. Um, the atmosphere was was shit on Saturday. Um, my my feeling, Dino, is that early kickoffs do not help. I mean, co- compare and contrast: Chelsea Arsenal half five kickoff, been in the pub all day, big London derby, chance to to stick one on a rival properly, one who's playing considerably better than us. You're going to get a brilliant atmosphere, and we played well, and we were 2 0 up. Brentford, who we've already lost to twice already, half 12 kickoff. I mean, I managed to squeeze in two pints before kickoff, which I thought was doing quite well. Um, but, you know, it, it's too flaming early. And it was frustrating, and Brentford parked the bus, and we all knew what was going to happen. And that's before we get into more of the you know, the esoteric uh, arguments that I put forward when we were off air about, you know, we're being uh, priced out, um, working class support's being priced out, our support base is really old, we all have to sit in seats, no, you can't get together with your mates like you used to in the all of these things. I mean, it's hardly surprising, really, is it? No, yeah, early kick was always you know, a, a bad for, you know, atmosphere across the board because of, you know, the reasons you said, you know, people can't get together as early as you know, they, they do normally to sort of have that chat and build up that banter and get in the mood for the game. I think the team sheet probably would have deflated a few people as well when it came out and people are missing, especially Mudrick and, and Enzo. Um, they're going into the ground pessimistic. Um, yeah, I went to the Wimbledon Cup game and it, Matthew Hardy and Lower, so I normally sit in the West End and yeah, it took me 25 minutes to get in uh, because the queue's so long. Uh, the Matthew Harding lower for some reason. Um, and because the beer is so crappy in the ground, people do stay out later, as late as they can. Getting in, it, you know, it all adds up to this, you know, sort of dullness, I suppose, in the ground. And when the team don't give you something to be excited about on the back of that, you know, it's going to be flat. And, you know, that's, that's always sort of... my argument, Dino. That's always my argument that, that, that if, if the team is playing well, then the, it goes up several decibels. I'm sorry. It, it's and I think part of that is what you were saying earlier, Chidge, about the the uh, what the fans expect from the club. But the fans are so used to seeing a a level of competence that if they don't see it, they they don't engage, well, and they're not going to be. You know, they, Arsenal was great. Arsenal, that everybody. I, you, I know you're saying it's because at five thirty and everybody was a bit pissed, but I I, I honestly. And think you're going to say, speak for yourself, Chidge. Hey, in, well, that, that you would normally that. have been right, but I was actually I was I was ha- having trouble at the other end. No, 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 it never occurred to me to say that. I just think well, I, I think that, that everybody is is so much more content when there is a, a really excellent, yeah, an excellent, um, um, excellent uh, 
what's the word that they're playing really yeah. well and they did against arsenal now and they they were sort of tentative playing well against brentford but we all knew come half time i said we're now going to get because this is the pattern it's always the same we haven't scored it's nil nil they're a team that will score once and shut up shop yeah. and that we and that's exactly no, what, no, we we're all know. saying this at half time so if once again you're already pessimistic and so you're not going to come out thinking this is great i must get behind the team you're just thinking this is obvious i know i, I just wonder though the nuances within everything that you've just said there barring the actual what happened on the pitch although i think this has a lot to do with it this is what you get i think in modern football i mean when when we were younger we we saw our role as supporters so we would go and support and fuck me we watched some absolute shit didn't we over the years but you know we sang we made a lot of noise we got behind the team even though they were rubbish yeah, but, yeah, hang but, on hang on let me finish let me finish yeah, the, yeah. the game the game has moved on because now you're having to pay a bloody fortune to go is hype and pizzazz and everything else about it now it's entertainment so now you expect to get entertained. You want something for your money. And if they don't deliver it, you don't do anything. No, but I, I still don't think it's to do with that as much. I think it's the the reason we got behind the team earlier in the, the decades was because they weren't very good. Okay. And, and we wanted them to be good. And we knew that having decent support behind them helped them. And um, we were then unbelievable not fortunate the wrong word we were we were um what we saw was absolutely brilliant the decisions the business decisions made by bates and following um him abramovich were uh, other than the odd you know moment of idiocy were superb and that is what we expect so we used to come to the ground thinking almost as if we've done our job we've we've got them to this level but and and it was automatic that you got behind the team because they were so good. And I think it's now difficult to shift into trying to get behind a team who play badly just because, you know, in the past they were, we knew that they were, they were probably likely to cock it up and they might the following week play quite well against somebody. And part of it was singing and, and finding players to sing about. There were so many more objects of our affection that had a song because you you wanted to do that. That was part of it. You felt part of the attempt to get them to become a great side. I'm going to ask you a question, and it's not rhetorical. It's, Good. it's going to require an answer. Just warning you, all right? Why, then, is it so different at away games? Why is our away support so completely different from our home support? Because there you, are you go You them. go at every away game. You know exactly what I mean. It's It's fantastic. It is a fantastic environment. Fantastic. It's because um, they are, um, there are a few of them. There are lots of them there who don't go to the bridge. Yeah. They're, they're from all around England and they don't go to the bridge. And part of the procedure is to advertise yourself to the opposition fans as being a loud supporter and having a presence. And so that plays into it. And also, once again, you are trying to encourage the team mm. in a way that needs encouragement. Whereas at home, you, you're you thinking, surely we're at home, we are going to beat the opposition. And we've discovered that this is all our, our hopes now are, are, are empty ones because we have an unbelievably dreadful home home uh, record. 
Um, so I, I honestly think it's it's to do with expectation, the fact that you want to piss the opposition off when you're away and piss the, piss, piss the opposition fans off. And also you want to encourage players to appreciate the fact that you've made the journey mm. and they're very receptive indeed the op opposite uh, every opposition every every all the oppo even um uh, forest and uh, and um, villa and everybody goes rentford went to their fans who are unbelievably accessible and you know they they did what did they do they do a whole series of of routines with them now don't they because everybody appreciates the, the away fans so it's almost as if theatrically you are involved with the team in a way that you're not at home i think mm. that's part of it really, i really thank you that's a that's a really i i i had no idea what you were going to say so that was that was really interesting dino what, what do you make of all of our me and jk's you know wizened old points here you know i think jk spot on i think yeah. when, you, when you go away there is that camaraderie with your fellow supporter that you're outnumbered and you do have to make your voice heard um, when you go to these away games and when you watch any of the, the 19 away games that we have every season you hear Chelsea fans loud and clear you know on the TV because you know that's part of the deal of going and how hard is it to get an away season ticket because people have been on that scheme for years and lots of people know each other and Sit together. At but you're absolutely right, Dean. A lot, so many people know each other on the away setup yeah. as well. Always, so much waving, so much, so much hugging goes on. So much, well, as you say, the camaraderie. Sorry to interrupt, Dino. Sorry, sorry. I'm um, going to do it too. Sorry, Dino. But you, you make an act. You, you, you're spot on, Dino. And JK will attest to this because I said this to him the other week. You know, because I've I've actually done probably, you know, because I was on holiday for a couple of home games. I've, I've pretty much done as many away games this season as I have home games, which is it's the first time I've done that for years, I have to say. And I said to JK, I said, mate, you know, what I love about uh, away games is I get to see more people that I know than I do at a home game because I, I just go to the cock. So if you don't turn up to the cock, I'm not going to see yeah. you. Yeah. Whereas yeah. an away game, there's only 1,500 of us or so, and I'm going to, I'm bumping into people I know left, right and centre, and it's fucking fantastic. It's I mean, you know, that's even before we get onto the fact the fun you have when you're standing up singing your bollocks off for 90 minutes and all the rest of it goes with also it. They, they run through the whole compendium of songs. And very quickly, too. I have no idea why. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, yes, I won. Yes, indeed. And uh, the Solomon Kalou song in particular <laughs> seems to get an airing, which very, I find slightly, very fast. slightly peculiar. No, 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 no. That's why we love Solomon Kalou. Very, very fast indeed. <laughs> Absolutely right. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's yeah. yeah, long live the away fans is all I can say. But anyway, uh, Stuart, 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 sorry, go on, Dean. I, I forgot. Sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. Yeah, if I'm sure JK was at this game as well when we played Leeds and there was 2,000 supporters in there. Yeah. Um, probably the best atmosphere there's been at Stamford Bridge when there was, what, 38,000 empty seats. Yes. There was a small compact number of Chelsea yeah. fans yeah. had to make yeah. their voice heard for the yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, and they made an effort to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. And it helped that Chelsea won 3-1 and went top of the league. Well, 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 Dino, give us a few years. We could be back to that. <laughs> Let me tell you why. And this might have something to do with the the feeling of uh, of despondency. Although I'm I, I'm as I said I, I'm going to read another Dave message because he's he's uh, he's uh, amused me tonight. Um, and he said, uh, "Cheers for the shout, Chidge. I work nights driving a truck, so normally don't get the chance to comment. How lovely to have you in here, mate." 
Uh, I, I mean, I, I refuse to be utterly despondent, I have to say. I, I do think Dave makes a point about being patient and it's going to take time. And I think you, you have said this before, JK, because you, you're, you're incredibly wise. And that is, you are the sage of the fan cast, as you well know. <laughs> and, you, and you said many a time, you said, they've spent so much money, this cannot fail and therefore will not fail. And I think, interestingly, Simon Jordan was saying much the same on Talk Sport actually this morning. And, and he's, I mean, much as it pains me to say it, he can be quite quite shrewd on it on the occasion. So I think he might be right. They won't let it fail. No, they won't. No. Anyway, before they get to that stage, let's just see where we are. Brentford are now the first team to win their first three uh, games, Premier League games at the bridge. If we don't... Oh, no, 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 no. What's, what's the next bit? Right. Uh, uh, our home form is woeful. We've won one. And this is half of the problem, actually, talking about the shit atmosphere at home and why it makes a difference when you've got a side that we care about beating like Arsenal and we do quite well. We've had one win in our last 13 games. You have to go back to April. Uh, and I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Leeds, actually. But Brentford have won more games at the bridge than us in that time. Think about that. Um, and, and I mean, right now, and for quite a considerable time now, we've been playing like a mid-table side. Now, work this out, right? At uh, We've had 10 games, and uh, we've got 1.2 points per game so far. If we carry on doing that, we'll end up with 46 points. So, JK, I just want to get this in quickly now on uh, the 30th of October, 2023. I don't think we're going to get relegated. But we'll get 46 points if we carry on this way. And that means we'll finish, on average, I've looked back over the last few, four or five seasons, 46 points is going to get you about 12th on average. And as I said, it's going to be a long season because I think we, that we'll, we're sussed by any team that is now below us that they'll just try and... They'll just try and get us on the break every time. Which we, 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 This is an old record, Chidge. We were saying this last year. And we were saying this the year before. Well, so as, as I said, since two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, yeah. All the all the lower te- lower teams know that we can't get through the low block. So you know you have to accept it. But I, I'm, I suppose, yeah. I think we're being impatient. Yes. There's a ter- there's an inevitability about this being a roller coaster. Just because, as we've said, it's a young side. There are injuries, but also by by dint of the fact that they're all. There, that it's 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 a, a work in progress it cannot do anything but be um uh unpredictable and uh and as we were just saying and as you say simon jordan said and i'm afraid as i said they will make this work they will throw as much money as they possibly well, can i i think i think you know it, it you know it, dave's also right it shouldn't be all doom and gloom dean i mean you know we, i think i think we're not far away. I really don't believe. I mean, I mean, as I said, and as we've all been saying tonight, this this problem about not being able to break down teams that play with a low block against us is 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 something that's been happening since Eden Hazard left, as I said. Um, but you know, we've got some some decent players coming through. I think. I mean, Colwell, uh, Dizazi when he plays centre back for certain, Gallagher, Caicedo, Mudrick, Enzo, Palmer. You know, there's some good players here, plus the ones that are on the bench. James, if he gets fit again, Gusto's a good player, I think. Uh, who's, let's look at the, the injury list. Uh, I think Badia Shields a good player. 
Uh, Brozier might happen. Chilwell, if he gets fit again, is a good player. I think Chukwameka is a good player. We, we're told Lavia is, and we're told Nkunku's a super player. So I think, you know, look, it's going to take some time, but I, I don't think it's as bad as it's painted. I mean, you know, we're, we're not in the, the realms of having players like Joe Allen and, and uh, you know, Robert Fleck and so on and so forth, we're, or Cascarino. I mean, you know, I think, I think it's, we're just going to have to be patient. But the reality is, mate, as we said time and time again tonight, you know, without a decent striker who can score us 15 to 20 goals, we're not going to be challenging for the top four. Um, so I don't really see any improvement per se until we do that. And the other thing, of course, is that the, the other worrying thing, I reckon at least three quarters of the Premier League will play a low block against us, certainly at Stamford Bridge. Um, we're only going to get space against the top six sides, like, you know, Arsenal, Spurs, City, Liverpool, uh, Newcastle will probably come and have a go, you know, um, maybe United. Um, although they're not top six side at the moment, but you get my drift. You know, those 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 sides are going to say, oh, we'll have a go at this lot. And I think, actually, we'll probably do better against them. You know, I really yeah. do, because we've got the players to damage them if we can put the ball in the back of the net. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it showed, you know, against you know, 75 minutes against Arsenal was, you know, a fantastic performance by the team. There is, you know, as you said, there's a, in there somewhere is a good team. Um you know, if Reese James, Fafana, Carwell and, and Chilwell will fit, that's a fantastic back four. Um, I, I really like the midfield of uh, Casido, Gallagher and Enzo together. Um, this new way that Potter's got it working. Uh, I like Palmer's, you know, excellent. If Nkunku's fit, does he improve the wide players? Does Mudrich you know, continue his trajectory? Again, you need someone to put the ball in the net and I think we do need someone to keep it out of the net as well, uh, at a higher level. Although I but, think yeah. you know he's Rick apart from last week. I, I don't think he's a bad. He, he's a good goalkeeper. He's just not a very good footballer. Yeah, but I think if we want to be, you know, we're talking about them this winning the Premier League. Yeah, he's not. He's not a Premier League winning goalkeeper. I give you that. We need someone that can do both, and yeah. if they're not going to let it fail, then they're going to go out and sign someone that that can. Um, you know, personally, I. Prefer to have Kepper in goal. Um, as crazy as some people might think that seems, um, it's just my personal opinion. I think we've made a mistake with, with Sanchez and you know, Brighton letting go for a reason because uh, he's not good enough. And when you can't score, you can't have someone passing the ball to Declan Rice at the edge of the box uh, to score a goal. Would you have Ramsdale? Um, he can't pass the ball either which is why Arteta won't play him anymore. Mm. So, like Sanchez, he'll make some great saves, mm. but again, he'll pass the ball to, to someone, um, which he's done for Arsenal and, and made mistakes to concede goals. Yeah. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that's a, a January problem, um, but, but going forward, you know, we should be signing players, which they haven't done, that are sort of Premier League winning sort of ability and, don't get me wrong, some of these players are going to grow into that, um, I'm sure, but some of them won't. Um, for me, that's a waste. You know, that should be what your academy's for. You know, these players like David Washington, um, not, not to write them off too quickly, but you know, that really should be Harvey Val or someone like that mm. playing, uh, getting those minutes. So then you've got a, a, a top player who would be in the first team. Yeah. Um, it's weird, isn't it, how that happens? Is that they. They'll send somebody 
with great potential off and then the season goes on they're forced to then raid the academy for somebody to play in the first team who really isn't up to it because Vale and the others who went on loan were actually more likely to be able to succeed I suppose it's the planning they don't think that there's that's going to happen ever they would never have planned I think knowing that Washington was going to get a game I mean my my just to carry on with it on this theme my fear is with these with the the stats gurus the the digital um geniuses that do they not see that they're getting it wrong at the moment how much is going on behind well, according the to their stats it probably isn't is it I quote you. I quote you, Earl Russell. There are there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. The show I did when you missed it, J.K. with, with Tony, and we looked at the stats a bit, and they, I think they were third for chances created. Um, you're really high in in that sort of league table. So when they're looking at it, they're probably not. And you know, when we're talking about Potch, you know, he was leading the horse to water, but he can't make it drink. Um, you know, so you can't blame Potch for. For this you know, lack of goals, um, you know, it's a bit like trying to have sex when you're married, isn't it? You know, it's got to be just the right conditions. Um, they can't be too hot or too cold. Well, I tell you what, mate, if that was the case, I'd have, I'd be in fucking Division Four. I'd have been relegated three times over by now, mate. You wait till you get to my yeah. age, you'll know what I mean. No, I know a lot of this now. Um, <laughs> okay, that's an honest admission, Dean. I'll give you that. <laughs> but it feels like that. You know, conditions need to be perfect for Chelsea to score goals and play well, and yeah. when they're not like. On Saturday, when you haven't got Mudrich or Lorenzo, the whole thing collapses. And until they fix that, very well said, Dean. I think that's really well said. I think actually, not not fix that, it's going to be the same. Yeah, I I would extend uh, Dino's metaphor there. Actually, it's a bit actually more like trying to conceive. You know, because basically your missus says, I'm ovulating, I'm ovulating, let's have sex. And it's probably a really inconvenient time, like when Chelsea are on match of the day or something. And suddenly you have to perform. Just just like that. You've had no preparation, no warm-up, no nothing. No wonder the players can't score a goal. I mean, you know, it's just like that, really, isn't it? Well, it depends how good our defence is, I suppose, as well. <laughs> there is that. If they're well-organised, it's going to be J- even tougher. JK's befuddled by that. I, I don't think I've <laughs> no. ever seen a befuddled look on his no, face no, in the year, all the years was, I've been doing I this show. I wasn't befuddled. I was just remembering those occasions <laughs> when I was forced to perform wondering <laughs> the worst situation was that was when i had a um uh a deep vein thrombosis what, as a result played, of having to perform no enough having played cricket and <laughs> I, I tore my calf muscle and it turned into a dvt oh, and i was I, I didn't know what a dvt was i was wandering around town and i went to see a having a massage from not a massage from physiotherapy and the the guy said, "Ah, oh, mate, I think you need to go to hospital. I think you've know, got a DVT." And I went along, and um, uh, and I ended up in um, in hospital immediately uh, because they were really worried about me. And uh, my then girlfriend turned up at the hospital um, with a, 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 a turkey baster, saying, <laughs> no, um, you "I have don't to want have... to know the rest of this yeah, story." You, exactly. You you, you have to have. You have to have sex with me now. I'm ovulating. And I said, uh, I'm just about, they think I've got cancer. I'm having a test in the morning. I've got a DVT and my leg is up. How on earth are we going to do that? And she said, um, we'll do it here. Just do it here in the bed. I said, no, the nurse comes in every few minutes to do my blood pressure. She said, well, go into the loo. There was a loo. I said, I, I think this is one of the worst possible things we'd ever do in the loo. I said, do you really think this, I'm going to manage uh, to get anything 
up at all? Anything going to work here at all in the loo for this? And she said, well, look, you know, just, you know, have a quick wank, she said, and I'll just, you know, and I'll stick it in the... I said, what? Uh, what with the, she said, I've got the baster. She took this base, this, this, this syringe out of the, out of a, out of a, a bag. And, and, and I said, I'm terribly sorry, darling, but I, I, I was the other thing I forgot to say was I was attached to a heparin uh, um, bleep. So it was uh, on a certain periods, it was giving me doses of heparin to stop the, the blood clot from going up into my, into my lung. And every few seconds it would go beep, 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 beep. And I said, I'm attached to this thing I've had to bring in with me. So do you think this is a prime condition for anything to happen at all? And she said, well, I'll have to wait another month. I said, fucking right. There's a possibility of me having cancer or possibly dying. And you're more interested in that. And she said, yes, I am. And she left in high dudgeon. So I'm afraid, Chinches, that's exactly what you just, that what my face was. I suddenly <laughs> remember that. Oh, JK, you are a fucking nuts, mate. I love you. I don't really know how to follow that. So Sorry I, about everybody with that story, but I, that's I, absolutely yeah, true. I'm not even going to try and follow it. I'm just going to have a break and a lie down. But we'll be back in part three, <laughs> uh, because obviously we've got the uh, the Chelsea-Blackburn game to preview. Uh, we get a preview on a Monday night show. I quite like it when that happens. But actually, we've got oh, lots shit, of... Shit, shit. Is there going to be a team? There Is will be. There will be a team. <laughs> And uh, also, there's some news to pick up on, actually, because there's been some announcements today that really are worth discussing, which are Chelsea announcing that they're going to provide free travel to the Wolves game, Uh, Chelsea uh, being under investigation by the Premier League for financial irregularities, and the curious case of the Chelsea supporters' Israel banner. So lots to discuss in part three. We'll see you in a minute. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Part 3. I am Stanford Chidge, and I'm having quite a, a laugh tonight, in spite of the fact that we've been, of the majority of the show, moaning about the fact that we lost 2 0 to Brentford. But then's the. Them's the breaks, as somebody with lots of blonde hair stupidly said once. Anyway, I'm Stanford Chid, as you know, and I'm joined by Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, everybody. Good. I'm I'm just I'm not gonna say anything about what happened in the end of part two. I'm gonna just leave it where it belongs. Uh Dino, uh Dean Mears is with us. Good to see you, Dean. Yeah, good to be here. Magic. I'm having fun. I mean that's what I love about this show. Moan, 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 laugh our cocks off, go home happy. That's how it should be, really, shouldn't it? Um, right, now listen, uh, obviously we're going to do the Chelsea versus Blackburn preview uh, in a minute, but there's been some news that's come in t- today, which we can't not... I mean, I, I mean, I, this is going to sound like horrible name-dropping again, and I, and I don't mean to sound like such a wanker, but you know something is serious when I got a series of one, two three, four, five, six WhatsApp messages from Jason Cundy uh, around 23 minutes past eight on one of these news stories. So, I mean, I mean, Jason never texts me about anything ever, apart from if I owe him money or, or, or I forgot to meet him for a drink, which I did on Saturday. And I got a voice message instead, which I'm tempted to play you because it's actually quite <laughs> funny, but I won't because it would be unfair on him. Um, so there we go. So there's big news around today. And the first one, um, as you all know, 
Uh, this is a show that is not shy of sticking our hobnail boots into the crotch of Clear Lake Capital Investments, quite often with good reason. Uh, but as I said earlier on in the show, I am nothing if not fair. And uh, today it was announced that, um, you know, as you know, we were very pissed off on Friday talking about the fact that the Premier League and the broadcasters, because this is not down to the club, it's the Premier League and the broadcasters have moved the uh, Wolves versus Chelsea fixture from Saturday at 3 o'clock to 1pm on Christmas Eve, which is a bit of a pisser if you want to get up there and not ruin your Christmas arrangements. Anyway, the club have announced today that they are going to be providing free travel. Now, you could say this is the least that they could do under the circumstances, but nevertheless, I think it's a very fine gesture and they need to be, they need to be applauded for it, don't they, Dean? Or do they not? I don't know. You tell me. No, I think so. I mean, given they've just taken the travel subsidy away, um, so I wasn't expecting them to do was then you know, provide you know free travel anyway. Um, as you said, this is down to you know the powers that be and not the club um, to play the fixture on on Christmas Eve. So obviously they want away supporters there um, to support the team, and you know that could possibly help some people get there because of the trains are a bit funny, aren't they? On Christmas Eve and travelling is, is, is horrible. Um, as well, the factors were going up there. Is this coach coaches they're supplying? I believe so. Right. Train Trains are... I mean, I know Roman used to, to put on trains for us back in the day and he did it last time. Uh, some some I think they put on an away game to Everton that finished so late that there were no trains back and the club sorted out trains themselves but it's actually really hard to organize trains so coaches are a lot easier because you just you know hire a coach company and off you jolly well go um that fair enough i mean you know as i said credit where credit's due it was the right thing to do i'm glad they've done it so well done well done uh Bowley et all on that one uh now uh this is quite interesting there's a i mean this is the thing that J- uh, that jason uh texted me about i actually read this before we came on air but there was a report in the times by Martin Ziegler today that uh, the Premier League are investigating Chelsea for financial irregularities under Roman's tenure of the club and Marina's tenure of the club relating to payments made to uh, various Russian organisations. It didn't really, it wasn't any more clear than that. Uh, revolving around the, the, the buying of William, uh, much loved by us fans and so celebrated in song. And uh, Samuel Eto on a free from some, I can't even pronounce the team, something like that. That's it, Chid, you got it right. Oh, okay. It's kind of, what is it, beginner's luck or something. Anyway, so uh, there's there's issues there. And apparently they paid uh, Andreas Christensen's father about half a million quid to be a scout while he was still employed by... Uh, what I think it was Copenhagen, wasn't it? And uh, he was their goalkeeper coach or something. And there's a, quite a few others as well in the in, in that the, they're investigating. Now, the interesting thing about this is that um, Bowley et al. discovered all of these financial irregularities whilst they were doing their due diligence on the club when they were buying it, which I'm not surprised at because, I mean, whatever one says about their football now these guys understand finances like nobody on earth. I mean, they are absolute, absolute experts in this. So if anybody was going to dig this up, they would. So when they found that out, they actually, I mean, first of all, they they alerted UEFA, who I think fined the club 10 million quid, and they alerted the Premier League as well. 
And I, I'm going to explain to you why that is in a minute, because I, I not that I have any expertise, but my wife is a is a is a compliance officer in uh, financial services, so I have a fair understanding of what, what's going on. So anyway, not only they, they flagged it all to the Premier League, basically, and said we found this in our due diligence. Apparently, they asked for a hundred million of the buying uh, of, of the price that they were having to pay for the club to be withheld, and they reckon that that is, you know, in order to pay off any fines that may accrue out of this. The bottom line is, is that the Premier League might take a very dim view on it, even though the club have flagged it themselves, and even though it was the previous ownership, and we could be talking fine, obviously, transfer ban, points deduction. So it's pretty serious. Um, now, my view on this is that, you know, when you have a, um, a regulated uh, industry, like, like uh, certainly my experiences with financial services, um, companies make ricks all of the time. They discover they've done something stupid that does not comply with the regulations. And it's it's behoven upon them to be transparent about it and fess up rather than hide it and pretend it didn't happen. Because if you hide it and pretend it didn't happen and the, the regulator finds out, they will hammer you from here to eternity. So actually, you're much better off coming clean and green and fessing up and saying, we found this, we're really sorry, now let's talk. And I think because these guys all come from effectively a financial services background, that's exactly what they've chosen to done to do. And hopefully that will mitigate the level of punishment that the Premier League will mete out. But, you know, the Premier League could take a view that they can't stand Chelsea and, and, and really do us some damage, whether it be transfer bans, points deductions or whatever. So I do think it's a bit of a worry, Mr Kidd. I do. Um, as you say, Chidge, they've uh, they've done all the right things. They have. So um, uh, you can bet there would be legal eagles involved who will mention that and say, what else do you expect us to do? But Rules um, is rules, mate. Yeah. So uh, it'd be intriguing to see what um, how this evolves. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they they uh, somebody there deducts 10 points or something. It really wouldn't. It's just another thing one has to bear um, whilst we attempt to get back to the uh, the elite position that we've been in in the recent past. Um, so uh, I, mean, I actually think were that to happen, there would be much more of a siege mentality about the whole thing. And I think the club might do bizarrely might do better because we'd really feel that we were under the cosh um so you know it's it's not going to it's not going to phase us in the sense it's not going to drive the club away it's not going to drive the club into uh you know permanent occupation of the championship whatever happens it'll be something that will be dealt with um but it is it's slightly bewildering as to what was going on under abramovich um if these things were so obvious, uh, I suppose the contravention. I mean, having we'd have never got Will in. I suppose that'd be one of the, the negatives. Perhaps it was it was worth it to uh, to bend the rules slightly. But um, let's see. We, one can but see, Chidge. We can't make any assessment here. We don't have the the full information, and we're not lawyers, and we're not in, uh, involved in the club's um, accounts. No, we're not. We're not at all. Dino, anything to say on it? Yeah, I just don't know if it's you know because you always think as a fan of your club that you know the you know the referees hate your club or the league hate your club and they're going to come down harder on you than, than anyone else. Yeah, you know, the fact that it's Chelsea or you know 
the investment group that have flagged it and said, yo, this is wrong. Uh, and they've held that money back to sort of com- to compensate a final or whatever. You know, how much liability do they hold for decisions made by someone that no longer owns the club? Um, it's similar to what happened, was it the 80s with the academy boys that were abused by the coach uh, that came out a few years ago, you know, how much liability does Roman Abramovich have for that? You know, absolutely none. But, but he still paid. Yeah, because it's still Chelsea that caused that harm. And I think the thing about this, Dino, is that the the, the rules, the regulations, don't give a tinker's tit whether it's the old regime or the current regime, and there's no statute of limitations. So I think UEFA were only going back a few years, so they were happy to settle for a fine, whereas this the Premier League can go back a lot farther. I mean, I, I like you. I mean, not that we any of us know because none of us are expert in this. But I think I think there's a reason why the club held back a hundred million to cover this kind of stuff. Um, I think the journalists are rubbing their hands with glee at the thought of points deductions and transfer bans. Um, but I suspect, I suspect, my hunch is it'll, it'll be, be a fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, end of the world for Chelsea sells newspapers, uh, which is yeah. why they're going to put their story that way. Uh, I do wonder if it was. You know, Manchester City, what we would be thinking or asking for, uh, or Arsenal or Man United, that this story, we would we be expecting points deduction or saying, well, they got new owners and they flagged it up themselves um, yeah. just to find. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Right, the last bit of news out today considers kind of one of our own, actually. Um, JK and I both know Yarin Levy very well. We've met him on many occasions in and around uh, Stamford Bridge, and he is the—I think he's the chair of the or the the the, the, the top the top boy at the Chelsea Supporters uh, Israel official Supporters Club of Israel. Um, and I know well. I mean, Yaron was actually doing the interview. I can't remember what paper this was in, but apparently uh, the club have taken down the uh, the Chelsea Supporters Israel banner, which I think is on the uh, West Stand. Um, because the Premier League have deemed that you cannot have banners in the ground either supporting Israel or Palestine because of all the hoo-ha that's going on over there and the sensitivities therein. If you notice around the weekend, Celtic were waving loads of Palestine banners. Liverpool fans tried to have some Palestine banners and were evicted by the stewards immediately. I think the same at Man United. But anyway, they've taken down the uh, the Supporters Israel banner because it has the Star of David on it, and have said, "Well, you know, we can't. We had to do it because the Premier League have told us that that's what we have to do." The Premier League have said, "No, we didn't," and apparently Arsenal have still got theirs up there. So the plot is thickening here. Lord knows what's going on. But just to give you, I mean, I, not that I, I'm not take, taking sides here at all. But if I tell you that there are four members of the Chelsea Supporters Israel group that were murdered when it all kicked off. You know, I mean, talk about sensitivities here. It's a, and, I, and I'm thinking it's a support, it's an official supporters club banner. I mean, if, if you're waving some great big banner and making a political statement, which is the Premier League's argument, isn't it, as to why you can't have these inflammatory things. I say inflammatory in quotation marks, by the way. Um, that's one thing. But this is a supporters club banner, for fuck's sake. So I don't know what's going on, but it seems pretty shit. And poor old Yavin's really upset about it, quite rightly. So, I so. Yeah. I mean, absolutely we're not making a political statement by having the supporters club banner up. I think that's absolutely 
pernicious and that's dreadful so either the club have got it wrong and they're running scared and just doing everything the premier league says or the premier league are lying that they didn't tell them to take it down and in, in which case if they did tell them to take it down why haven't they taken arsenal uh israel supporters club to get theirs down it's all very mysterious and the other thing is i should add i can't remember her name i think it's a her but i could be wrong but the there's a a, a person who runs the chelsea jewish supporters organization and in the same article she was very he or she i apologize i read it very quickly but they've been very quick to add that the club have actually been very supportive of them uh because of course they you know a lot of jews have been getting a lot of abuse over here so i'm not trying to paint the club in a in a bad light here um i just think it would be useful to have some clarity on this don't you jk an explanation would be nice wouldn't it yeah well as i said i mean our heart goes out to anybody who's caught up in the troubles whatever side they're on at the moment and Absolutely. but particularly yaren because we know and love him very well and he's a lovely lad and I've, I've had the pleasure of his company many many times he's in our discord group he's one of our own so it'd be nice to kind of iron out what is going on with this because it seems a bit unnecessary to be nice me. to know who the, the people who lost their lives were Chidge, so we can we can um, mention them on the show i can do that if you give me uh one second because i think i have the information here because he he sent me the article and of course i click on it and it won't load up come on here we go uh i can find it tell you what let's move on well let dino tell me what you think and i'll see if i can find it uh somewhere else because i know i can yeah i mean it's 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 hard to sort of say one way or the other who's who's right, who's wrong, because obviously we don't know what the truth is. It's probably somewhere in the middle of, of the two, the club and the Premier League. Um, perhaps they're saying it's a political statement, but it's not. It's, not. it's just a, it's just a supporters banner and the club have misread that communication and, and thought it was and, and taken it down for sensitivity. Um, the, the only sort of reference point I've got to it is that Kings Meadow. Um, there's a uh, there was a banner for uh, Alsu Abdelina, who was a Russian footballer, uh, and they moved that banner when the war in Ukraine happened. Uh, they kept it up, but they moved it out of shot so it wouldn't be seen on any broadcast uh, that happened. So you um, think this is broadcaster led then? possibly because that is obviously mm. the stand that the camera looks at and you see the the, uh, the the banner is sort of designed as the Israel flag isn't it because it's the Israel Chelsea supporters club perhaps that is you know that's a very good point Dan you know yeah very good what the sort of conjecture is about and you yeah. know, it might be misread and mis misinterpreted yeah. yeah it could be a big storm in a, in a teacup about that and they should be able to hang it back up because it's not supporting the Israeli government or the actions of Israel or you know anything like that is literally you know supporters in Israel support Chelsea and they've got a supporters group. Yeah, and I, I mean the club apparently have said they'll replace the banner but take away the Star of David because you know that that being the the symbol of the uh, Israelis' identity or something like that. Sounds to me like this is broadcaster led actually. I mean you know we know UEFA and the Premier League are very you know, anti anybody taking in anything political and making I mean, players who lift their shirts up, get, get you know, fines and stuff. We get ejected if we have those kind of banners. So it, this is nothing new, but I think the context is very different, not least, as we were saying, because it's a supporters banner. I have the names of the poor souls who died. Uh, they are Chen Bukris and 
uh, Idan Raz, who were both soldiers, and Alon Verber and Amit Magnetzi, who were killed at the Nova Rave. So uh, rest, in, oh, rest in peace. A very Just sad to say tale. That Jonathan Perez's son is a soldier as well. So. Really? Shit, a brick. Seriously, is he all right? I don't know. I feel for him yeah. so much. Well, we've got a lot of mates out there. A very dear man, Jonathan Perez. Yes, he is. He is a very... Well, they all, the whole Perez family are absolutely delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I sit next to both of them in the uh, East Stand upper. It's a really... I mean, without trying to debase it in any way, it's a fucking horrendously horrible situation out there. I mean, it's obviously very complex, but, I, I mean, the loss of life, whoever it is, is never a good thing. So uh, our hearts go out to that part of the world and anybody who supports Chelsea from that part of the world. The families of the of the Chelsea supporters who, who died feel really yeah, absolutely sorry for them. Absolutely. Uh, and good luck, Yarin. And you know where we are. Um, you know plenty of people on the Sports Trust if you need any help. So uh, you just know where we are. That's all I need to say about that. Right. OK. Um, after that, it seems a bit, you know kind of i don't know difficult to really talk about what's coming up on wednesday night but we do have another game we do we have a chance to to uh score a goal and not lose to a team that parks the bus let's see if they can do it we're playing blackburn in the caribou cup blackburn rovers might they park the bus though oh they're bounty they're championship side anyway we haven't played them for a while but more of that later here's my team jk I say my team. I, I, I've, I don't. I, you know, I, I've made lots of changes. Why have I done that? I could have just picked the team that I really would like, but I've kind of thought maybe I've just rolled over and accepted that Pochettino is going to make lots of changes. So maybe that's why I've picked the team that I have. Okay, so okay. Do, do not be surprised. But Colwell at left back, Badiashil, Dizazi, James. Petrovic is in goal. Uh, Uguchukwu, just call him Les. Fernandes and Gallagher. Sterling on the left. Washington as a striker, Tihi. Palmer on the right. Do you want to, can, we call him, can we call him Denzel? We can call him Denzel if you like. Thank you. Uh, um, why not, Chidge, is all I can say. Could, should I tell you why I think that? Yeah. Uh, because I think he might use it as an opportunity to try Petrovic. Yeah. Um, I think he might use it as an opportunity to rest Silva and see if Badia Shields fit. Yeah, very good. I think he yeah. might use it as an opportunity to play James and see if he's fit. Yeah. I think he might use it as an opportunity to rest Caicedo. Why? Because I because that's how he thinks, and I think he might. So Ukajogwe will get a game. Uh, he'll keep Fernandes and Gallagher. I think, because Fernandes missed uh, Saturday. Uh, Mudrick, um, he might want... Because also, bear in mind, we've got Spurs following. But it's it, on the Monday, isn't it? I know it's on the Monday, but it's still the next match, and you want them all fit. So I think he might not play Mudrick for that reason. Sterling can play on the left. Palmer will float about, but effectively be on the right like he was against Burnley, if you think about it. Um, and I don't know. He might give. He might use it as an opportunity to, to play Washington to see what he's about. That's a bit of a stretch, that one. But anyway, we'll see. I fear we will see the uh, inaction, Jackson. <laughs> Just because it might, you know, I like improve. That, that, that name's got legs, unlike its owner. Indeed. <laughs> unlike short shorts, which is a bit <laughs> rubbish. I think I'll start calling him that. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think he'll, he'll play Jackson just because you know he's it's lower opposition. Get him into a bit of form. Yeah, uh, something or something or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck knows. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with you on the other. I just think he, he's likely to play Moises. Moises. I Moises. hope so. He's here. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, J.K. I I, 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 I would I would much rather see Mudrick play, uh, Caicedo play. I don't see why Silva can't play. Although you can understand giving him a rest when he's thirty nine. Um, but anyway, I think they'll keep everybody not playing on the bench and yeah. bring them on if anything disastrous happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, distinct possibility there, Judge. Mm. Uh, but I would, I think. Jackson will play, as I say. Mm. Um, Palmer needs to play just because. I mean, we'll probably discover on Wednesday that s- several of these players are, are still injured, or, or you know, have picked up injuries. I do find that so bizarre. This have picked up a muscle injury because that really did screw us at the weekend. Um, but in the past, when I mean, you had you had thirteen players, they'd have you know played through and then had to have a, have to have an injection afterwards because <laughs> they couldn't stand up properly. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's such a shame that, unfortunately, the two players not playing at the weekend disrupted the, the, the structure of the side so much, which I think, as we've established already, is an indictment about the strength of the squad. But um, uh, I think Sterling and Palmer could, could unlock this lot, uh, who, of course, will put up a great fight, but aren't in the same class. And... Indeed. Well, well, we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute, old Bean. Dino, what do you think of Chidge's eccentric team selection? I should have put Ch- Chelsea v Blackburn in brackets eccentric Chidge rather than just Chidge tonight, shouldn't I? Yeah, I think it's wishful thinking, Chidge, uh, that he's going to make that those changes. Um, because I think the, the season is almost resting on this competition already. Um, you know, to win something... And then still finish mid table is obviously you know going to appease us a bit more than just finishing mid table. Uh I think Sanchez will still playing goal. Uh Cucurello will still play at left back. I don't know if he'll rest Silver or not because of the Monday. We've got the extra couple of days to recover. Uh but it could be Cole and Dazazi, uh centre halves. Um if he can get Fernandez back. Uh with Caicedo and Gallagher in midfield. Uh, I don't think it really matters who you start up front, um, Washington or Jackson. I think he'll go with Jackson just for that bit more experience that he's got. Um, but really should be good enough to beat a championship side, um, even after a poor performance at the weekend. But I think you know, winning this competition is will do great things for us. So he will go full, full strength, question quotes. Uh, as he can, but I wish I believed you. I mean, I I agree with everything you said there, Dino. I think I think this is arguably our best chance uh, for a trophy this season. There are about four or five Premier League uh, fixtures, if you like, in this next round. So we're going to lose four or five Premier League teams, uh, and then we're into the quarterfinals. We could get another lower league team. We've got a you know, there's a very good chance we could go deep nay win this competition if he gets his shit together so i would i would much rather he put out the first team and got it over and done with but but they managers just don't fucking do that do they they think oh it's a it's a championship team we should be good enough to beat them with whoever i pick 
But I'm with you, mate. This is a great chance. Don't screw it up. Pick a good team. Get it done. Yeah? Well, I, that's the way I would be thinking if I was you know, the manager, you know. Wins are hard to come by as it is. So when you've got an opportunity to win and, and get a performance, you know, usually you would want to rest Raheem Sterling uh, because, you know, you'd think this is sort of not a game that's beneath him, but a game you would sort of pick to, to take him out like they did against South Wimbledon. But actually, you know, this is a game where he might score a couple of goals and that might do him, you know, the world of good going into Tottenham. Uh, who obviously are flying at the moment. Indeed. I mean, Blackburn... So what Pot said before the season started was about you know, success and, and Chelsea and understanding that. And if he's true to his word, then he should go all out in a fixture like this to make sure that we're in the quarterfinals. Indeed. Now, I, in, in the absence of an opposition view tonight, for obvious reasons, um, I know bugger all about Blackburn Rovers at the moment. I mean, they've been... They've been gone from the ye old Premier League for a for a fair while now. I think uh, we last we last played them in the Premier League in 2012. That was the last time we played them actually at home. We won two one, and think that was the last game of the season. Just, but that was our last home game before we won the the Champions League, I believe. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. They've been gone since then. Now. Uh, they're in the championship, as we know. They are currently 12th in the championship. They've won six, drawn one, lost seven. They've got 19 points. Interestingly, JK, their their uh, manager is former Danish star John Dahl Thomason. Remember him? No. You don't remember John Dahl Thomason? No. He used to play for AC Milan, amongst others. He's a good player. Oh, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danish guy. Yeah, Thomason. T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N. That's the one. Ah, Thomason. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, intriguing. Is he any good? Well, he's not playing. He's managing, so I suppose no, I that's something. As a manager. I well, I don't know. Saying. I don't know how long he's been there. I mean, their form recently isn't too bad. I mean, they lost away. They lost at home to Swansea, 1-0, last time out, last weekend. Before that, they beat Millwall away, Cardiff 1-0 at home. They humped QPR, Tee 4-0 away. And they and lost. No, the, you know, Rangers are so dreadful, aren't, aren't they? they? So. And they've just sat Gareth Ainsworth, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, After six, six losses in a row, I think that yeah, makes sense. Exactly. Uh, and they beat. They lost to Coventry one nil away in the Championship as well. Um, as I said, we haven't played them for donkeys. The last time was in the Premier League in in 2012. We've got a bit of history with them in the League Cup, interestingly, and it's kind of not ancient history either. We've played them three times uh, in 1997. Uh, which I think is the we we went on to win it that year, didn't we? But we drew one all up there, I believe, and then we won on penalties, uh, and then we won two we won two nil in two thousand and six, uh, and again we might that might have been on the way to winning it. And oh, as a, I can see a trend here, and in two thousand and nine, uh, we uh, we drew three all with them up there, and then we lost on penalties, uh, and that was our last defeat to them. Yeah, last def- oh yeah, yeah yeah. That was our last defeat to them, and that was in the League Cup. So we we won two and and lost one, and two of them have been on penalties, which is interesting. Uh, our last defeat to them was at home in two thousand and three. It was a I don't know if you remember this. It was a bit of a mental match. Um, Dwight York put them ahead. I uh, can't remember when, but he's definitely put them ahead. <clears throat> Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank equalised on ninety minutes, and then David Dunn scored a last minute winner. I remember that. Good player done. He was, wasn't he, actually? Yeah. I've always had good players. And, of course, we got the great uh, Damien Duff from them. 
It's really interesting, isn't it, to see how cyclical... Cyc- I can never say that word. Cyclical. Cyclical. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So I get it m- m- middled up, muddled up with circular, don't I? Or um, cyclorama. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, very <laughs> interesting how cyclical things are. Um, you know, like we had a spell... There's a bit of a false one because there was a massive gap between it, but... <clears throat> we had a terrible record against Blackburn Rovers from 1988 all the way, would you believe, to 2003, where we didn't beat them at all. We lost one, two, three, four, five, six, and drew one, two, three, they four. They were a very decent side then, Chid. Five, that's... yeah. Well, that was the time when they were winning the Premier League. Yeah. So, you know, that's hence the cyclic. C- cyclical nature. Cyclical nature of what I'm talking about. Because then, then. Roman turns up, and then we won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven on the trot. Uh, well, there were two draws in between that, so we were un- we were unbeaten since two thousand and three when we when when we lost them, as I said. So, um, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, championship sides can be quite tricky. They really can. I mean, again, it's be interesting to see what John Dahl Thomason does. I mean, if if he he might rest a few, you know, they, a lot of them do that, you know. So it, I I hate Caribou Cup matches because we have no idea generally what's going to happen, apart from the fact that Chelsea should bloody well hump them. But we all know it won't be like that. I think, don't it's we? Just, they've got some Arna Sigurdsson plays for them, who's uh, an Iceland international, used to play for CSK Moscow. Is he cool? And uh, very very frigid. Is he? Um, yeah, but they. Uh, he's um he's a decent player um so they're not uh you know they're, they're not I- I- idiots and he's a decent manager I, I suppose it tells you where they are in the league they're 12th so it's not going to be uh but they'll fight you know what they'll do and you never know they 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 having watched the weekend they'll they'll defend particularly iceland players that they'll they defend like madmen and then boot the ball up the pitch and run after it so i think we're in we're in for a, a dull evening, to say the least. I'm glad it's at home, actually. I, I've got so I, I remember. I mean, that one of the best matches I've ever seen us play uh, when we went. I don't have it on here because I've only gone for the home matches. But when we went up there in our, our title winning season, and they tried to when Mark Hughes was the manager, yeah, and they yeah, tried and they, to they, kick they, us they off did, the pitch. They did kick us off the pitch. They, well, they they we still won, but yeah. my goodness. I was there. God, bloody hell. Hard-earned match that was. And there's a oh. wonderful match when we absolutely humped them and Roy Hodgson was their manager and he got very upset. I think Flo scored a few goals. Anyway. Right. Okay. So what are you going to go for, Dean? 2-0 uh, Chelsea. 2-0 Chelsea. JK? Yeah, the same. The same. Yeah, I, I think it'll go to penalties and then we'll win on penalties. No, that's what I said last time and I was wrong, if you remember. And I you... Do. you me for doing so. so okay, I'll go two nil then. I'll I go two nil. Two one, I think. Two one. Go. Okay, I'm going to go two nil. I, I mean, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went to penalties. I've just got that little kind of oh god, we've had penalties against them twice before kind of vibe about it. But uh, the other thing is now, I mean, I, my memory, as we all know, is is like a colander, but a sieve, kid. A, a sieve. No, mate, it's a colander. It's more oh, leak. Okay. It's leakier than a sieve. Yeah, it's got bigger holes. It's got bigger holes in it. Uh, now, if I'm right, one of you two have got to let me... I know the people on Mixler will, will shoot me down in flames in a minute, but am I right in saying we won the League Cup in 98, didn't we? Yeah. And we won the League Cup in 2007, didn't we? In Cardiff. Yeah. 
So Arsenal. I'm wondering if the two times uh, that we beat uh, Blackburn Rovers in the League Cup, we went on to win it. Are you are you are you looking for omens? Omens. Always, things. always. Yes, I'm not an omen man, I'm afraid. No. Okay. Uh, you're not very Max von Sydow, are you? Because yeah, he was in the omen, wasn't he? Was. he? Dean, As was Gregory Peck. Gregory right. Peckery was in it, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. yes. Dino, you're about to say something intelligent, other than me and Jonathan waffling about films. No, no, I was just, I was just double checking uh, your your stat. So it was yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight. We beat them on penalties. In the third round. Uh, then we went on to win it. Yep. Um, and then what was the other year? 2006. I don't think we won it that year. No, but it might have been like, you know, we won it in 2007, so we might have won it on the way. Dramatic pause. Will he get the answer? Let's see. He can't. <laughs> well, get some interstitial music. Come something interstitial. Inter- oh, fuck me, I can't even say that. In- interstitial. Yeah, we beat Blackburn in the third round. So yep. maybe it's the third round, which more than rather than Blackburn, because we won it in 2015. Yeah, but we won it in 2007 in Cardiff. So if we beat them in 2006 before Christmas, which it sounds like we did, then we won it that time as well. Yeah, it's true. But they're both in the third round. Yeah. So it would have been before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So that figures. There we go. Chidge has got an omen. Yeah, yeah. Chidge has got an omen. We're winners. We're winners now as a consequence of that. Chidge has got an omen. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with we might then play City in the next round. No, we won't because they're already out. Well, they're out, aren't they? Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Let's Listen. say here that we had a we had good football players. Yeah, well, indeed. Anyway, let's hope we all get this right and we win 2-0. Now, I've got something that you can play. You can play this at home as well, okay? Um, they played for Banjo. both. They what? played for both, JK. Oh, God. Uh, Livingstone. No, no, you've got to do your... Re- dry run of the uh, little sting we're going to put. Paid in. for both. There we go. Thank you, J.K. Needs a bit of work, but it's not bad. Okay. Uh, a... He played for both. Yeah, that's not bad. I like that. Right. So there are, or there were, seventeen players who have represented both Chelsea, Chelsea, and Blackburn Rovers. Chelsea and Blackburn. Uh, during their careers, in approximate chronological order, they are. Go, J.K. Soxie. Yes. You can play Livingston. this as well, Dean, by the way. Livingston. Yes. Duff. Yes. Speedy. Speedy. Speedy is not on the list. Oh. Oh. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes is on the list. Sorry, sorry, Dean. I thought Hughes only managed Blackburn. No, no, he, no, played, he, played, for him. he played for them as well. Uh, Ian Hart was one, I think. Nope. No. You running dry, thinking. boys? I'm just thinking, just thinking. Could you wouldn't bring my turkey baster, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I can't get it up, Chidge. Okay, yes, really... Um. That's piss poor, I have to say. 
That's a piss poor effort. Okay, shall I read them in chronological order? And oh, hang on. Oh, oh, um, oh. Hang on. Um, centre half played for Fulham as well. Um, oh, can't remember. Gone. There's one here that you utterly, 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 utterly both kick yourselves for. But anyway, Alan Birchinal. Did he? I didn't remember that. Okay. Jack, Jack Cameron. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. No. Uh, Mike Harrison. Yes, winger. Winger Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Duncan McKenzie. I had no clue about that. Yeah. John Miller. Vaguely, yeah. Peter O'Dowd. No. Ian Pierce. Big Dave got Ian Pierce. That's the one I meant. Okay. Ian Pierce, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duncan Shearer. Oh yeah, that's right. The centre forward he went to um was he from Swindon? Did we buy him from Swindon? I can't remember, mate. Uh Chris Sutton. Oh God, yes. Yeah. I've expunged him from my memory, that's why. Yeah, I don't blame you. You're, he he's one place above me in the Prem Predictions League. Oh god. I'm on his tail. Roy Wegerly. Oh yes, 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 yes. Ron Seward. Uh, good old Ron, who was then our assistant manager, and I think managed us for a week. He know. did. Frankie Franco De Santo. Oh yeah, he went there, didn't he? Yeah. And finally, Chris Sully. Oh, good old Chris. How is he? I don't know. No, I mean, Shall I phone him up and ask him? Yeah, Sullers to his friends. Sullers to his friends. So there we yeah. go. Um, Sullen, Sullen to his enemy. I'm afraid you two got a pitiful four out of seventeen. I'm proud. You're proud of that. Yeah, because I don't want to think about Blackburn Rovers very often. Okay, Dean. Yeah, I think only four of them have played since I've been born. Well, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. You know, I mean, you you are just, you are a distinct disadvantage in this particular game. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that at home. I do. I do like doing it. Uh, just to prove that we know nothing about football. Now, uh, I should also at this stage say thank you to Paul Carter, the lovely Paul Carter. And Nathan, of course, and his website, uh, stamford-bridge.com. Now, you can find Paul on Twitter at Stamford underscore bridge and check out the Chelsea Heritage Group, who are chelseaheritagepartnership.com or at CFC underscore heritage. So there you go. I always forget to do that, so I'm glad I actually remembered tonight. So there we go. So we've got Blackburn on Wednesday. I can't wait. Uh, I won't be able to make it, sadly, because, of course, I have to work on a Wednesday evening, which is rather annoying. But there you go. But uh, uh, we will be back. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I say we, I mean JK and I will be back probably with Tony Glover on Friday to look ahead to Spurs versus Chelsea, which I'm now really looking forward to, JK, because I do actually have a ticket for said match. Hurrah. Me Hurrah. Too. So I shall see you there. My first time at the uh, the Toilet Bowl, so I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah. Anyway, make sure you come and join us at the usual time of half seven or if we can't be asked, eight o'clock. We'll decide on the day. Uh, Now, if you uh, like what we do, you can, of course, become a Chelsea Fancast patron. And uh, that uh, would be a lovely thing to do, but don't feel under any pressure whatsoever. Welcome to our new patrons, by the way. Uh, I should call you patronizers, really, shouldn't I? But anyway, if you want to join in, bung us a couple of quid every month or whatever. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea uh, fancast. And of course, if you do, you will be entitled to a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And of course, you can join our Discord group, which is like Mixler's chat room, but 24 7 
and very lovely, full of very lovely, nice people. So I commend it to you. And also, you have a Patreon group, don't you, Dino, for what went to Mo King's Meadow? Yeah, I do. So um, I put our stuff we do in the summer on there. Um, so you do get something uh, for your donation. But we do sort of just £5 a month uh, as a season ticket, and it sort of pays for uh, our mixler we do live, uh, Zoom and audition and everything like that so it just helps yeah. keep the show going uh as a thank you there's some uh, exclusive interviews uh on there that we did in the summer with tony farmer who created the team uh matt beard who's the liverpool manager coach chelsea before emma hayes and uh george bakalas who did coach the team as well in 2002 to 2005 there you go dino puts premium content on his went, went to mo king's meadow uh patron unlike us rabble here but there you go uh dino also does a brilliant fanzine for uh went to mo king's meadow called king's meadow chronicle and where does one purchase such a wonderful thing dean uh, so if you're at a home game you can get it from me outside uh if not we sell it online uh king's meadow chronicle.bigcartel.com you can subscribe on there for the season so you get it in the post as it comes or just buy individual copies as it's out. But we don't print as many as CFC UK, so you do sort of need to be quick on that one. Mm, good stuff. It's great stuff that you're doing for the uh, the women's game, Dino. You're uh, an absolute superstar. Right. Uh, very quickly, in off the post, if you want your email, Patreon message, Instagram post, tweet, or Facebook message to be read out on the show, then let me have them by the end of the day Sunday. Actually, it doesn't really matter when you send them in, because basically JK and I cobble them all up together and decide to do a show spontaneously because that's how we roll uh the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com and you can follow the show on all the social media at chelsea fancast me at stanford cheers jonathan at jonathan kid and dino at dean mears right dean yeah correct great stuff uh dean it's been really i mean i mean it genuinely I, it's lovely to see you mate uh it's been far too long um i know you're very very busy but i would have you on the show way more often if i could but of course you are busy doing went to mo king's meadow so that does put a bit of a spanner in the works doesn't it yeah i wish i could do uh more shows with you as well but um obviously it's great to just to host what i can and Obviously, it's even better to be here with you, Chich. Indeed it is. I, I, I love seeing you on here. And uh, I look forward to you doing the show on the 1st of December, right? Yeah, I've written it down already. <laughs> Good stuff. I can go to the gig now. Excellent. And if Andy, if you're listening, I'll see you there, mate. I need to get a ticket first, but I'll be there. And I'm going to bring Stu Norman as well. So I know you listen to the show, Andy. And they're on tour at the moment. I don't know where they are. They're somewhere in Europe, I think. And I I think it's going very, very well. But their their latest album, Hold Carve... Hold, Hard Cold Fire is absolutely the bollocks. It's the best album I've heard in years. It's that good. So uh, I'm looking forward to that little gig in Portsmouth. So there you go. Uh, JK, as always, a delight and a pleasure in equal measure. And I'm afraid your turkey based story will haunt me for years. Good. <laughs> <laughs> the horrors one has to go through. I know, mate. It's been good to see you. Good fun tonight. Enjoyed it as always. Enjoy Wednesday, won't you, boys? I mean, I won't be there, so make sure you make sure you create a big atmosphere in my absence. Have a jolly good go, Chidge. Yes, I know you will. Uh, you lot out there, as always, brilliant. Particularly the Mixler bunch. Uh, some great comments tonight. I enjoyed reading them when I can. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Until then, keep it blue. Keep it carefree. And keep it chills.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.